Robert, how are you? I'm okay. I'm now always going to pick up when you call me Robert. Now I have to. How are you, Brother Joel? I'm doing well. I am doing well on this St. Patrick's Day. Oh, St. Patty's Day. Uh, Top of the morning to you. That was horrible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. That's a little better. Yeah. That's a little you got to carry the R. Morning. Some of my uh, Irish accents work, and some are just... Absolutely horrible. Just do the 40 days and 40 nights. 30 days and 30 nights. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a conversation we were having prior to hitting record. <clears throat> when Joel was in Ireland and he went and saw a movie called 40 Days and 40 Nights. Well. And they had pronounced it. We, so, we, oh, come on, just say it. <laughs> to call on the phone to figure out um, what was playing, and they got to that movie and just full on Irish accent. 30 days and 30 nights. <laughs> That's awesome. But I've got uh, on my dad's, my mom's side of the family, we've got some Irish heritage. Kim is half Irish. Oh, I totally buy that, yeah. Her mom is 100%. Oh, 100%. Wow. Yeah. Came over when she Melissa was uh, 16. Melissa is very... Uh, Kim is Joel's wife. Melissa's mine. Yep. And uh, Melissa has a ton of Irish uh, heritage. Yeah. yeah. Maybe... I don't know exactly how much, but yeah, probably at least 52. Yeah. So we married Irish ladies. Irish ladies. It was celebrated on my dad's side. My mom's side. Gosh. Um, so I, I've told you I grew up at a hardware store. My grandfather owned... Worked there for about nine years. My grandfather loved Irish heritage. So he would, on St. Patrick's Day, go to work. This full green suit. Oh, that's awesome. And so when I get to St. Patrick's Day, that's one of the memories I have. And you're in green today. I've got a little green on. More than you. I've got absolutely none. I've got blue with some some denim blue. My shoes are blue. Not even like any... Dirt on your on your sh- pants that we could no pawn off as green. Yeah, I and I do have a tiny bit of Irish in me. Mm-hmm. Just not much. Not much. Tiny yeah. isn't much, I guess. That was redundant. <laughs> yeah, kind of saying the same thing there. Yeah. What do you got for us? <laughs> By the way, if if anybody was not aware of our infantile humor before. Yeah. They definitely are now. Yeah. 40 days and 40 nights. Well, and how many times do we hit record and then after five minutes just say, <laughs> all right, let's start over. <laughs> Which stop. we arguably should do right now, but we won't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is, a, this is a theme song that I would have never thought of myself. First, what, what decade? 2000s. Okay. I think. Maybe 2010s? No, 2010. Maybe it's the maybe it crosses over. Will I know it? Yes, you'll definitely know it because the only reason that I even thought well, I think we thought of it before, but the primary reason I thought of it was from conversations that you and I have previously shared about this show. Yeah, even like last Friday night on your deck. Yeah, what were we talking about? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but I remember there was a show that you acknowledged that you were going to play soon. Yeah. Oh, this is not that show. Hmm. But you'll you'll know this within the first like three words. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh. Little Carol King. As we as we call it in our household, we just call it Gigi. Gigi. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I will follow anywhere. Tell me to Yeah. It's a it's a show that both of our wives enjoy. Yep. And so therefore we have seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we probably know more about it than we would like to. I know a fair amount. It's about not it, a bad show. It's not. It's, in my opinion, it's it's got very good uh, writing and acting. I like that the dialogue is incredibly fast paced, but the storylines are hokey. Well, and also, where is it set? I don't, I don't know. Connecticut. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Right outside of Yale. Small time, small town, Connecticut. So they will. Rory goes to Yale, right? Rory goes to Yale. They yeah. talk about Yale. They talk about episode recently that I happened to watch, uh, the Hartford Current. Um, so they do kind of drop those little Connecticut pieces, which is where I am from, where I spent half my life. Yeah. Yeah. So that oh, that, that's that adds a very it adds a nice dynamic to it. It's got this small town Connecticut feel to it. Um, it and adds, does, does, by the way, oh, go ahead. No, I'm going. I have actually been on the the set, the downtown set. Is the actual set in Connecticut? It's in L.A. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. I think I think the Warner Brothers set. So I have a friend from my undergrad who um, uh, works in the business, and when I went out to L.A., saw her, and she took me. Onto the Warner Brothers lot. Oh, cool! Years ago. Oh, how awesome is and that? And we saw like a little gazebo, and they use it for many different um, shows. But were they yeah. actually shooting at the time, or no, no, not at all? Gosh, long time ago. Yeah. Long if you haven't seen it and you like family dramas, or it's not a bad show. And the family dynamics are actually fascinating. I, from a systems theory perspective, Absolutely. they do a very good job with that, I do have to say. The dynamics between Lorelai and her mom are yeah. fascinating. Well, between her both of her parents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yep. grand and then grandparents to granddaughter, mother to daughter, and then yep. Well, two generations of mothers to daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but how many theme songs uh, are, are going to be as good as like the great Carol King? Yeah, yeah. I mean that it's well, it's not up there in the pantheon of top theme songs, but I think perhaps it should. It should be. It's a catchy tune, and when you start to watch the show, and you understand why appreciate they, the yeah. relationships in the show, and it's, and it's ultimately all about Lorelai and her daughter yeah. Rory, their relationship. Yeah, um, you appreciate the song yeah. because it. Fits really it was well. a song first, though, right? I mean, it it, it was Carol King's song, and then they took it and they began with the second verse, I believe. I'm guessing. I think there's I really, a first verse that's not in I there. I have no idea. But I'm not. I don't have like all of Carol King's songs, and I wouldn't even know the song if it weren't for Yeah, Gilmore Girls. But you can't. I wouldn't either. But it's become Carol King is an all time because of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, is an all timer. And now it's on Netflix. A whole new generation is starting to watch it. Yes, which is why you and I are seeing it or hearing it mm-hmm. uh, echo through our homes again. Absolutely. 
All right. People so, are like, come on, Joel and Rob. What the heck? <laughs> what the heck? Enough with Gilmore Good Girls. Gosh, you guys. You take this farther every week. Uh, and we could easily go for another 20 yeah. minutes. That's so what I was going to say about, um, like, I'm going to take it further now. I've tried to segment. I know, and I'm I'm really ruining it. My apologies to everybody. But uh, WandaVision. Rain this thing. You know? Yeah. You know how this was yeah, we in Connecticut? WandaVision being in uh, West Westview or Westville? That's in set in Connecticut too. No, that's New Jersey. It's a real town in New Jersey, Westfield. Oh, I know Westfield. It's oh Westfield. Yeah, it's northern suburbs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it, and that's where the Trader Joe's in Westfield. That's where Wandavision is is no kidding is set. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the end of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that later. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. But will I think you've encouraged me to check it out? Yeah. So. <laughs> Party days and party nights. <laughs> I'm reining us in. So we are, I think this was week four of Less is More. Yeah. Less greed, more joy. Um, and we kind of started by talking about how of all of the sins and confession that we want to bring to the table in this series, this one might be the kind of easiest to explore. The other were, <clears throat> other ones were um, uh, maybe not as obvious. A little subtler. Yeah, but this one we kind of thought, yeah, this one will be um, at first um, easy to explore. But I, I think in writing the sermon, we kind of quickly found out sometimes that makes it even harder. It does make it harder. It's, it's a little easier to see from the uh, yeah. outside. I think the challenge with idolatry in some ways is simply convincing ourselves to admit that it's in there, right? We yes. all have idols in our lives that we put before God. Um, and once you see them, it's pretty, I think, eye-opening. The struggle is allowing yourself to see them. Um, with greed, I think it's yeah. really the reverse. It's we pretty much can all recognize areas of greed within us. Um, And because we recognize it and know that it's not something that, you know, we're called to live into, we're kind of ashamed and therefore reluctant to go there. Mm. Mm. Greed, by the way, we're defining as wanting or seeking or saving more of something than you need. Yeah, hoarding was a word we used. Yeah, too. hoarding. Yeah, hoarding. So it, it goes both ways, right? Seeking more than you need, wanting it, but also having it and hoarding more than you need. And with that kind of broader definition, I really, really struggle in in anyone who lives in middle to upper class American society to. To think that greed is not not present there in some in some form or another because society just it, it screams it for us absolutely yeah we didn't think about this at all in writing the sermon but I just went back to Wall Street the movie oh great movie with uh, Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas Michael Douglas where Michael Douglas plays Gordon Gecko and he has his famous line where he says greed is good. Yes. Greed yes. is good. And so at the height of 
the 80s, this desire that's just so, as you said really well, just kind of in the DNA sometimes of our culture of the goal is to ultimately hoard. Get more. We explored that Bible story, the parable from Jesus about the man who... His barn was full, and he had more crops and produce. Didn't know what to do with it. And so his vision was, well, I'm going to build a bigger barn. I'm going to build a bigger barn. I want to build multiple barns. I want a bigger barn. It's not enough that my business succeeds, um, and I have more than I need. I'm going to keep all this and build a bigger barn. And you had a great line in the sermon when you just noted, you know, the, the tendency within all of us. Uh, you were speaking for yourself, but yeah. I heard it—the tendency within all of us to to build bigger barns. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, keeping up with the jo- it, it goes both ways. Keeping up with the Joneses, we get a bigger house than we need. We drive bigger cars than we need. Um, we consume more food than we need. We consume more electricity than we need. Yeah. We it, and if we don't, then we desire to. Meanwhile, there's so many who go without. I've been hearing in this um, this series, which I think, as I thought about it a little bit, why I was excited about it, because it, it fits so well into a Lenten sermon series, mm-hmm. um, because when we have our Ash Wednesday service and we say um, part of the, um, the overarching goal of the Lenten journey is self-examination, to look within. And as we've been exploring these particular sins, as we call them, and the need for confession, I've been seeing this, this constant invitation to keep self-examining. Mm. Because all of these that we've noted, like, when do you get to the point where you just kind of check it off? Oh, golly. Right? You know? And so, like, as we talked about greed and this desire to build bigger barns, and we talked about this on Sunday, too, that that desire is always there. It's never really goes away, especially in the culture that we live in, in Western American culture, where we are told, keep building yeah. bigger. Keep getting more. Yeah, and how that constant self-examination. Like we, we we didn't dig into it too much. We just kind of teased it out. We kind of s- stayed within the one kind of lane. But we talked about how greed can kind of take over. What did we say? Um, Time. We say uh, greedy with compassion. Greedy with, greedy compassion. Greedy with grace. Yeah. Greedy with hope greedy with support, greedy with love, how we can get to this place if we're not pausing to look inward and self-examine a little bit and offer some confession of just taking, taking. Yeah, compassion is mine to receive, but not necessarily mine to give. Absolutely. You know, mercy is mine to receive. Peace is mine to receive, but it's okay if other people don't live with peace. Like, it goes back to that great line, I believe it was Richard Rohr, but I could be, be wrong. Um... You know, uh, the peace of Jesus Christ entails understanding that there can't fundamentally be peace for one until there's peace for all. Was that Martin Luther King? 
can't remember. I thought I think it's roar. Okay. There can't be peace for me until there's peace for you. Yeah. Like there can't be grace for me until there's grace for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I and I think you hit the nail on the head with that continual self examination because you're right. We're never there. It's never a box we can check. And the second we think we do, we're there. The second we think we can check it is oh man, that's immediately when we become blind to. To, to to what we need to see the very most. Because Jesus, throughout yeah. the gospel, let's be real. I mean, the dude was radical. Yeah. He was antithetical to the ways of the world in so many profound ways. The last will be first and the first will be last. Go and sell everything you've got and give your money to the poor. He doesn't say that, you know, you're screwed if you want more. So... It's not yeah. that you are. It's it's not that Jesus understands. How do I say this? Jesus absolutely understands the desires of this world fill us, but he says living into the kingdom of God requires uh, living by a different set of priorities. Where even though these priorities consume and hoard and save and achieve are over here calling you. And, you know, faith requires that you turn away and live into the values of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay, I think, to desire. Uh, the, the question is, how do we act? Um, because let's face it, we're all, none of us, like, take me, for example. When I see, like, I don't know, um, when I see, ooh, the other day I saw a uh, Ferrari uh, driving down York Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my mouth started to water. Yeah, you know, hey, kudos to that person driving the Ferrari. I'm not judging. I'm saying, hey, I would love to drive a Ferrari. Um, my mouth know, waters a little bit when I see the Corvette, especially the new ones. Oh, the be- the mid engine now, beautiful. Oh. You know, it's and it's also the other thing about greed too, though, is that it's not just about not. Um, not giving our our blessings away it's also about not using our blessings to live life fully yeah. uh, because in this in the story the parable the guy gets more than he needs from his annual harvest and instead of it's not just that he doesn't give it away uh, he wants to save it to use for some future time for himself Right, that's the idea, and then God comes and says, "Listen, idiot, you're going to die tonight, and here you are saving all this stuff. Who's who's? Where does it go then? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the idea, the, the parable doesn't exactly say what God said this man should have done. Mm. Right? It, he could have given it to the poor and the hungry." Or he could have also used some of it to throw a huge bash for his neighbors and yeah. and really lived and celebrated this abundant thing. Uh, and part so part of this has also had me thinking about the ways I haven't used my gifts and blessings to bless others, mm-hmm. and how I haven't used my gifts and blessings to really live life more fully to celebrate things that should be celebrated yeah. and to to celebrate people who should be celebrated uh to to really live life much more fully instead of thinking that i need a little bit more in that checking account or savings account first yeah because what 
ultimately happens, and this is what greed does, right? You're never there. You know, you say, okay, I need X in my savings account, and then I'll do Y. Mm-hmm. The problem is you'll get X, you'll, you'll obtain X, but then it just becomes X plus. Yeah. I need X plus uh, A, and then X plus B, and then X plus C, and then X plus D, because greed blinds you to what you really already have and convinces you that you need more. Yeah. I've appreciated you saying this a few times, the the slippery slope of all of these that we've named, that there is something kind of good at the beginning, right? Like saving. Saving's good. It's good. Sure. You should save. You know, but how quickly for me, I can um, do exactly what you just talked about of just want to keep building a bigger bar and keep saving to the point where I'm not taking time to go, wow, I actually have this here to celebrate this mm-hmm. that I want to celebrate or to take this and give it here yeah. where it's needed. And how would, good would that feel? That right? would ultimately bring joy, which is what we were talking about, yeah. that ultimately less greed and more joy. The, the, the gift of generosity Um uh, that when you get to it, and you had a great story about Mike Tyson's punch out and your, <laughs> and your brother, um, but that kind of practice of letting go and giving and seeing, yeah. um, and it's and it's a struggle too, especially when you have when it's something that hasn't been practiced regularly. Yeah, I think for me, I've struggled with it. Um, me too. Uh, the story I told about writing a check um, that was had a decent amount on that check for me at that time a meaningful amount yes yeah. and i remember kind of my hand shaking a little bit um but how um uh how grateful i was as i learned how to do that like i got it took me a little while it didn't just happen naturally i had to practice it i had to keep doing it um it's a discipline right it is it is yep and it's something that like i tried to share in my story i still struggle to build a bigger barn yeah i do me too and 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 that's okay like right noticing it is fine we we have not wanted this to be any kind of okay this is an opportunity to Take a Heap whip the judgment. and hit myself. No, it's actually just to be able to slow down and pause and look at it and go. That's where the that's where the confession comes in. In a place where if you're doing it with yourself and ultimately in the presence of God, there's no judgment. Yeah. It's just kind of going. Here's here's what I did, or here's who I am. Right. Here's what. Here's. Let me be honest. Right. Yeah. Now. And let me reassess and then reprioritize. Mm-hmm. Because the ultimate aim in all of this, right, is is not simply life as God intends because we're trying to appease a vengeful God. 
uh, or an angry God. The aim is life as God intends, life in the kingdom of God, because ultimately we believe that's where life is fullest, Mm -hmm. which means that's where life is most joyful. Um, And what sin does is it, you know, the first week we talked about how it puts on these blinders that prevents us from seeing the blessings and the joy that are already ours if we just turn and see them and live into them. And greed does that primarily by getting uh, or by blinding us to the joy of generosity mm-hmm. and just how much joy and fulfillment is found in using your blessings instead of hoarding them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yep. And yeah, it's a struggle. And it, it, it's such an innate inherent struggle which is why i don't think there's many people who who don't struggle from it and again it's not it's not to say that you should feel bad or guilty about it it's an invitation to explore it and learn from it um and pay attention to it so that once you see it you can hopefully remove the blinders and begin seeing and living into a new perspective a new taste a fuller better more joyful taste. Mm. Well said, Robert. Well said. Thanks, Joshy. You can find us at Towson Press on Facebook and at Instagram. We've got one left in this series this coming Sunday. We got two left. We do? Yeah. Is there one on Palm Sunday? There is. Oh. Less fear, more faith. Ooh. Or more hope. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's fear. <laughs> We're going to talk about something. Yeah. Until then, everybody, have Peace a good out. day. Thanks for being with us.